if, if I were to go back and do things differently, I hope I would have convinced myself at an earlier age that I could still do, you know, big things like, like what I'm trying to do now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, really looking back at it, I think that at every point where I had crucial decisions to make, um, I think I made the best decision with the information I had and um, the person I was at the time. Your, per your first complex, we got that close. You had a, a full cycle mm -hmm. on it. And ultimately, yeah. you were in the same room as other people with knowledge and experience. Yeah. And uh, is that something you can say helped get it all the way through to the full cycle after things didn't quite work out as planned? You know, that that's helped me in not in just this, but in every step of the game is being around the people that have have more experience than me, you know, and, um, you know, it goes back to that cliche, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room type. But yeah, at every point, you know, whenever whenever I've hit a plateau and just just taking that that a little bit deeper dive, every time I've hit a plateau, um, it usually takes me a couple months to realize that I've plateaued, unfortunately. But every time I realize that I hit a plateau, I, I find somebody that can help me through. It's kind of, you know, whether it's a coaching thing or whether it's, you know, some other sort of relationship, you know, there there's always, you know, I always search for somebody that can help me kind of break through and get that. And, and a lot of times it is paid coaching. You know, I've paid a lot of money for that, but I think there, there's a whole lot of value in, you know, being around other people who know what they're doing, um, who are ahead of you and able to show you the ropes. Yeah. I, I think by nature, we run from things that we don't fully understand or comprehend. At mm -hmm. least I've noticed that about myself. Like I True. will look for excuses not to personal excuses, not to go and pursue something because it uh, mm -hmm. might be intimidating or I just don't understand the way it works. Yeah. And if I know that about myself, that's a weakness. Now I can go seek knowledge and um, hopefully seek mentorship of how to, how does this work? What yeah. is a, um, uh, even a new development? What is uh, what is a build a suit and how do you structure those deals with tenants and, and what are yeah. the, what are the mechanics of it? How does it make sense? So that's one mm -hmm. thing that's, that just came up recently in my life, but um, yeah. So you got your first deal done full cycle, mm -hmm. but in the interim, you're also doing other deals yes. and building yeah. up your, your confidence. Can you tell us a little bit about the, about that journey? You know, I, after the first deal, like I said, it was, it was a $4 million purchase price and, you know, 2019. Um, I mean, those two properties together are probably worth twice that now, but uh, um, you know, so yeah, $4 million purchase price that the capital raise was big enough that I think we took a step back, you know, and, um, we were buying in South Carolina and, you know, the price per door, if you compare it to other metros was, um, pretty low. I and mean, we were buying things for, you know, 30 to $50,000 a unit, which you, you don't really find anywhere now, but anyway, so we kind of took a step back for a second and it's like, all right, let's, let's do something that we, we can, we can do a little bit easier if that makes sense. I mean, after struggling to raise, you know, I think, I think we raised 1.8 for that that first deal. Um, but after struggling to do that, you know, the next one we did was a smaller, you know, slightly smaller property. And then we slowly kind of ramped back up to where we were doing larger and larger properties to where we were doing, you know, multiple million dollar raises. Um, and our, our unit count just, you know, kept on getting higher and higher and higher. So yeah, a lot of it was the confidence, you know, um, you know, we we had somewhat of, of a track record after that first one. 
And I kind of want to say a lot of investors are stupid, you know, um, but I don't want to offend anybody. But the, I mean, the reality is, you know, we were looking, we were pointing to all these other properties that we closed and, you know, very few people, they, they look at that at our track record. Oh, they already own, you know, 200 units. They already own 400 units. And I think 2020, 2021, there was like this euphoria about investing and raising money was, you know, super easy. And a lot of people just weren't asking the questions, you know, how, how's your portfolio doing right now? But anyway, long story short, you know, we, we kept that we were able to keep on raising money and doing, you know, kept on doing what we were doing. We were doing value add C class, um, you know, and we did, we did very well on a lot of the other properties. Um, you know, I think our, our highest annualized return was over 40%, you know, but I think most of our properties landed somewhere in you know, between 20 and 30% annualized return, you know, so, nice. um, and we just started, you know, going higher and higher and higher on our numbers. Um, and I think I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I, I stepped away from a partnership, um, lots of reasons for it. Um, part of it was I retired, you know, so I was moved across the country and the, the company that, that I had co-founded was, you know, based out of the Carolinas and, you know, now I'm in Idaho and anyway, lots of reasons for leaving, but I, I've essentially done the exact same thing is, you know, I've stepped back a little bit. It's like, okay, you know, we were buying, you know, these, these large properties with large capital raises. Um, so when I started the company, I did the same thing. It's like, all right, I'm going to step back a little bit. Um, and I'm basically rinsing, taking, taking the lessons learned from the, from all the properties we've done, the previous experiences I've had and doing it again, focusing in a different market. And, you know, Salt Lake City is, is where I'm focusing right now. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of like the evolution of, of how I got to where I'm at, but yeah, Salt Lake know, a lot City, of it is, uh, yeah. I've been hearing good stuff about that market. Yeah. It's, it's a great market, you know, it's. Um, U.S. News and World Report just came out and said the, the Utah state economy is the best in the nation, yeah. and you know ninety percent of the population is in the Greater Salt Lake City area. So, you know the Bay, yes, yeah, the Salt Lake City economy is booming right now, and you know a lot of people are moving there. So, yeah, yeah. It sounds like you got there early too. So that makes a mm -hmm. huge difference. You know, I yeah. I mean, early's always relative. Um, I, I wish I would have started buying, you know, um, just, just kind of uh, an aside, you know, if you go back five years ago when I started the coaching program, you know, my, my coach told me to pick at most two markets, you know, and I picked Salt Lake City, the market that I was born and raised in, and I picked Columbia, South Carolina, which yeah. is the market my wife was born and raised in, right? So two markets that we, you know, between the two of us, we knew well. Um, and where we had, you know, family that lived there, we had a support network, you know, in, in those areas. So I just happened to get a property in South Carolina under contract first. But, you know, part of me wonders, you know, man, what would have happened had, if I if I would have found a Salt Lake or if I would have put a little more effort into Salt Lake? Because, I mean, South Carolina has done extremely well economically yeah. and prices have done well. Um, but I think Salt Lake City would have been the better choice but you know, hindsight's 2020. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So Brian, if you had to start over, what, mm -hmm. what would you do different? 
You know, oh, good question. I, I would have I would have tried to start earlier. You know, I mean, that that's really it. I, I got into single family in you know, 2006, 2007 time frame. Um, I think I would have started earlier and I would have I would have tried to convince myself earlier that I can go bigger and I can do bigger things. Um, I think there was there was a lot of lack of confidence in myself up front. Like, um, you know, my my parents, the only real estate they own is the, the house they live in. Um, you know, they never talked about investing. You know, they um, money was the only time we talked about money. It was like, you know, how much we didn't have growing up and, you know, how it, we kind of had my the house growing up was like a scarcity mindset. I think. I, that a lot of that carried into my adulthood, you know, and I, if I were to go back and do things differently, I hope I would have convinced myself at an earlier age that I could still do, you know, big things like, like I'm trying to do now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, really looking back at it, I think that at every point where I had crucial decisions to make, um, I think I made the best decision with the information I had and, um, the person I was at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing how, um, growing up you're programmed and certain beliefs and yeah. habits and how that, that affects just how, how you come out. There's a yeah. book, uh, the four agreements I'd mm -hmm. recommend everybody to read, but it's, um, it's, it goes over just that the agreements to live by in life. And then, you know, um, how people can affect you just on base what they say, but yeah, the, um, what would be a piece of advice that, mm -hmm was just a piece of advice that you've used throughout your career that was valuable? Um, you know, I think one book that's been extremely influential in, in how I think has been is like the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, I think, I think the one thing that I take away most from that is habit, uh, two. Anyway, it's begin with the end in mind. I don't remember if yeah. it's two or three, but I think it's habit two. But yeah, you begin with the end in mind. And, you know, I've really started thinking a lot about that lately. Like, what is it that I'm creating? You know, it's, I think with, with the first, you know, partnership I had, you know, I never really sat back and, and I think us as a group never really sat back and thought, you know, what are we creating? And you, you either do it deliberately or you don't, you know, and that, that's kind of like what the habit two says is, you know, you are, w whether you realize it or not, you know, you're creating the rest of your life today, you know, and you can either do it deliberately or you can do it, you know, haphazardly. And so, so right now, a lot, a lot of what I'm thinking about is, you know, what is it that I am creating? You know, what is that end, you know, and not only what is that end, but, you know, how do I, you know, what do I need to do to get there? Yeah. And, you know, something that's, that's on my mind right now is, you know, pushing it forward. So my goal is by the end of this, um, by the end of 2030, so I got seven years, I want to have 10,000 units, which in Salt Lake City is, you know, roughly three and a half billion dollars worth of worth of real estate, you know, and so that that was like an instinct that I chose a couple, you know, a year ago, and where we're pushing towards that goal. And that's still the goal. But something else I'm starting to think about is, you know, what else, you know, what else goes along with that? You know, I yeah. mean, I'm going to create this engine that's going to be spitting out, you know, 
lot, a lot of money as we're doing it, you know, now I'm starting to think about, okay, now how to get my family ready for that, you know, and how to be, how to, how to set that up, how to structure it. So I, you know, I can eventually step away from that and keep going. So really it's, it's beginning with the end in mind. And every time I pick an end and pick a date, you know, and start working towards it, you know, there, there's always, okay, well, what then, you know, what, what comes after that? And I think there's, there's a couple times in my life where I've really failed to, to think about what comes after, you know, and uh, I've failed to deliberately plan, you know, what's coming up. And I've just kind of lived in the moment and then realized, oh crap, I kind of painted myself in a corner. So yeah. Constantly looking to create new problems. If you create a new problem, now you have to have, that kind of means Mm -hmm. you're growing. It means you're evolving out of your old you and into your new you and uh, you're creating new problems. That's that's growth. So um, 10,000 years, that's incredible. What what does Streamline Capital, what Mm -hmm. what does that look like, the infrastructure? Uh, Infrastructure right now, there there are three of us that that are working full-time and instead of a partnership, I've chose to, to hire people. Um, I mean, there, there are pros and cons of partnerships, but, you know, as we were talking about earlier, um, kind of an informal mentorship relationship I have, you know, I was talking with somebody, um, who's, you know, several years ahead of me in certain aspects. And I was telling him, Hey, I just left my partnership. I want to start buying real estate in Salt Lake city. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm really just looking for the right partner and I'm being very cautious about that. And this guy's had several different businesses. He looked at me, he's like, why do you want a partner? And I went through everything I learned in my coaching course. You know, I hadn't really changed my mindset yet. And, you know, his response to me was like, you're not looking for a partner. He's like, Brian, you're looking for an employee. And, you know, I, I didn't really, it didn't register, but as I started really thinking, I mean, he probably spent, you know, two minutes explaining why, you know, I should, I should not look for a partner. I should start hiring people. And, you know, fortunately at that time, you know, we had come full cycle on several properties. You know, I had the money in the bank. I had the liquidity. I had the ability to hire people. So, you know, what it looks like right now um, is... I have an acquisitions director hired and I have an investor relations director hired. And, you know, we are constantly looking for stuff along, you know, the, the Wasatch front, the greater Salt Lake city area. And the next hire for me is going to be an asset manager. Um, But as far as how we're organized, I mean, we, we use the, uh, the EOS system. Uh, I guess that's redundant because the S in EOS is system, but we use EOS to, to run everything. And based speak, off traction, the book. Based off the book, traction. Yes. Great. So, um, yeah, we. In speaking of what what I said earlier with the coaching, we've hired an EOS implementer, and so you know we sit down with him very frequently, and you know just kind of go through making sure that our structure is set up. You know, and um, if we failed at one thing with my previous partnership, um, it was setting up the foundation, you know, and like yeah. I said, we didn't really look at what was coming. And so we didn't really prepare for it. Um, so what I'm really adamant about on this one is setting up the foundation, right? You know, make sure we have a lot of stuff in place. And, you know, fortunately, because of my previous success, I'm in a position right now where I can pay people salaries and, you know, be able to do that until we, we start, you know, making a lot more money on on deals. So, 
Um, I mean, we, we we should be closing one in the next our, our first one together in the next week or two, and um, we've got a couple LOIs out right now, and we'll see how things pan out. But the goal yeah. is uh, four acquisitions in in the next uh, next nine months, and set up the structure, have the foundation set up. And then once the foundation is set up, we're just going to stomp on that gas pedal. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, your foundation, if you set it up the right way, enterprise mm-hmm. in mind, the scalability is just is massive. Yeah. It goes all the way through you. You got checks yep. and balances, internal growth. That's, mm-hmm. um, that's huge. Yep. So. Love it. Yeah. Sounds like you got big plans, man. It's going to be good. I'm going to be yeah. excited to follow. If um, If somebody wants to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, lots of ways. Uh, website is streamlinecapitalgroup.com. Um, LinkedIn is probably the best way to reach out to me. And, you know, I'm, I probably spend a couple hours on LinkedIn a day, you know, especially with messaging. But, um, yeah, look me up on LinkedIn. I also have a podcast. I think you mentioned that at the beginning of the show, you know, Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. And, um, yeah, that's that's it. Awesome. All right, Brian, we appreciate you coming on today. And again, I look forward to following you and we'll certainly talk soon. Awesome. Thanks, Josh.